Hi, fried friends. I am so excited to let you know that I am taking three new coaching clients this month. So if you've been wanting to get on a call with me, now is the time. The reason that I do this long first call that's totally free is because what drives me in my work and what drives this podcast is people's stories. I have always loved delving into people's stories and you my fried friend, you are fascinating to me. Your life and your perspective are so unique. And even when there are similar patterns, I've learned to see over time, there's still a layer that is just you. And it's always such an honor to me to be one of the people that is allowed to hear, see, and experience that. I do want to hear your story. And that will always be the reason number one why I love getting on the call with you, the initial free call. I really want to hear what it is you've been going through and see if there's any way that I can help. Sometimes people are afraid to hop on a call because you're worried about being judged or you're worried about being sold to. So I'm going to tell you what happens behind the scenes. The majority of people I talk to thank me for seeing and validating them while on the call. And they also thank me for being honest about whether or not I have something to offer them. I will not judge your story, no matter how crazy it is. I promise it will not shock me. I have done more than 25,000 patient and client interviews over the past 13 years, so I'm pretty sure there's nothing that you can say that will totally throw me off my boat. And last week, I had five free calls, and I want to let you know how they broke down so you can know what to expect. I sold one three-month coaching package. I gave two people some advice for moving forward because they didn't need me right at this very moment. I was not best suited to help them for where they were at. And I sent two people over to my Master Your Own Energy course because that's an affordable, easy way to get some energy back without necessarily investing in one-on-one -on -one coaching. I want you to get what you need. So I'm not going to offer you anything that is not perfectly aligned with what your needs are. So if you've been waiting and you want to hop on a call and get started with some coaching this month or find out if that's the best move for you, I really hope that you'll do it. You go to katedonovan.as.me forward slash free and book your spot and I will be thrilled to chat with you. And now we're on to this week's episode. Welcome to Fried, the burnout podcast. Fried is the podcast for everyone who has ever felt burnout because of their job, relationship, or life. Kate Donovan, burnout expert, will interview a new guest each week who will share their burnout stories with all the gory details. Every episode will give you immediate action steps that you can take right now if you're feeling fried and crispy around the edges. Fried's main goals are to raise burnout awareness, kill the associated shame, and create a movement to end burnout culture. Denise Duffield Thomas is the money mindset mentor for the new wave of online female entrepreneurs. Her best-selling books, Lucky Bitch and Get Rich Lucky Bitch, give a fresh and funny roadmap to create an outrageously successful life and business. Denise helps women release their fear of money, set premium prices for their services, and take back control over their finances. She is an award-winning speaker, author, and entrepreneur who helps women transform their economy-class money mindset into a first-class life. You can find her at www.luckybitch.com. 
Com. I'd also add to that that today we're going to be discussing Denise's latest book, which came out quite some time ago, but still, and it's called Chillpreneur, and it's absolutely amazing, and you should go grab it right away. And with that, I will lead you into the show. All right, Denise, I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being here. I know with time differences between New York and Australia, it can sometimes be a little bit difficult to find a time that fits, but I'm so grateful that you had some, and I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. Oh my gosh. I This is one of my favorite topics, so thanks for having me, Caitlin. Mine too. <laughs> um, just before we were getting on, I watched your Soulpreneur talk from May of 2019, so a year ago now. And I'm going to start this conversation the way that you started that conversation, because I found it particularly powerful. You said that you were on stage, but you weren't going to pressure yourself to say the perfect thing, and that you were going to hold the speech lightly, and that you didn't want the audience to feel any pressure to, quote unquote, hear the right thing. So I think that that's really important. And I have a huge amount of faith on this particular podcast that when we speak, we give exactly what needs to be heard. And when people listen, they take from it exactly what they need. So when you said that in the beginning, I thought, God, that's so powerful to me because that is exactly the way that I function here. So I wanted to open with that and create that space for us so that we can just go for it and trust that we're doing exactly what needs to be done at the moment. Oh, I love that. And whenever I'm on a podcast, I always think and try and connect to the energy of everyone because I know there are people listening in their cars with their kids asleep in the back. I know there's people listening in their cars outside their own house because they just want to listen to a few more minutes before they go in. I know there's people listening on their commutes, in their cubicles, at their day job you know, at night because they can't sleep. There's so many reasons why people listen to podcasts. And I just wanted to send out my appreciation to each and every one of you. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. Um, and thank you on behalf of, of the listeners. So I want to really get into Chillpreneur above and beyond everything today, because uh, Chillpreneur to me is like the don't burn out Bible. And because burnout is my favorite topic, especially the chapter about killing the golden goose really, really hit me. So I want to read a very short section and then letting our conversation flow from there. You wrote, Please. Many of my business friends have experienced burnout recently, and I have too. I was almost ashamed to acknowledge it because it felt like admitting that I couldn't hack it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Well, I believe in the concept of burnout, right? But when it came to myself, I was <laughs> like, but how can I? And this is, I just know this was what the wake up moment for me. One of my friends said, but you're so type A. And I said, no, I'm not. I don't even work in an office. I don't wear a suit. And she was like, <laughs> and I really had in my belief, just because I work from home now, I have eliminated my Taipei tendencies as if it was just shedding an old suit from my old corporate days, not realizing that um, I was putting so much pressure on myself to have superhuman capacity. 
um, that I wasn't allowed to be human. And, and especially after writing, you know, books about helping people with their money and, and their businesses, I was like, well, I can't burn out. Like I'm not even working full time. Like I've got help. I, I have all of these things, all the evidence points to the fact that I am not indeed burnt out, but I was. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think it does come from a, uh, a personality tendency too sometimes of it's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. I haven't written enough words. I haven't done enough things. So I think that having that type A personality and oh, kind of always feeling like it's not enough is something that was definitely true in my life. And I also burnt out when I was at the top of my game. And so I also didn't admit it because not only was it for me personally, like felt like I couldn't hack it, but it was also... I shouldn't be allowed to say I'm burnt out because I'm so lucky. Yes. Oh, that's so good. That is so good. And I I totally get that now um, where I feel like I am in a privileged position that I am not also allowed to say, um, hang on, I need to take a break because compared to some of my friends and family, I don't work as much as they do. You know, I don't have to go to a job that I don't like. Um, and so it's such a good reminder that we can still acknowledge our privilege, but still be mindful about being burnt out. Yeah, especially because this, all this burnout stuff is really kind of closely tied to the same reason that we have money mindset issues, right? It's the not enoughness. It's the self-worth kind of stuff that's underneath it. When we get stuck in this sort of rhythm, you said in that same chapter, I often overestimate what I can achieve in a month and forget that I am a human who needs time off for pleasure and restoration. Mm-hmm. Yep. My biggest mistake last year, especially, was thinking that my business was also my hobby. Mm. Because I love business. I don't know about you. Like I love like going to business conferences and reading business books and talking to my friends about business and coming up with new business ideas. And because I feel like my business is so tied with my calling, you know, I feel very like um, fulfilled by the calling of my business. But it was like, oh, every like this is my life, and that's not healthy. And so. What I've done recently, I've started taking um, ukulele lessons. I've gone back to tap class. Um, we're getting a dog. Um, I've got a. I've made a little mis- like bit of a mistake with my rose farm. I bought a rose farm about a year ago, and that's kind of turning into a bit of a business now, which is totally <laughs> my tendency. But I'm really looking to find more joy and happiness because that really helps me avoid the, that burnout feeling of being resentful of my business or feeling, you know, just stressed out by it. Right? It's like, it doesn't have to be everything to me. Yeah. And resentment in, in the research that I've done over burnout in the past few years, resentment is the number one sign that no one is talking about. Oh, I totally agree. Tell me more about that. That sounds <laughs> right on. <laughs> Right. This is what I've discovered with all the research that I've done is that resent we have we hold resentment in all the places that we do not have clear boundaries mm-hmm. because they're we're overstepping our own internal boundaries. Th- these are not places that we need to learn to say no. These are places where we need to learn to not insert ourselves with a yes before anyone turns to ask us. Mm-hmm. That makes so much sense. Perfect sense. So that's a really really big one and. 
what you were saying, which I think is interesting, like, this is my life. I love business. Yeah, me too. I'm obsessed. Like, I could go to conferences about anything between self-care, business, marketing, and Chinese medicine. I could be at conferences all day, every day and be thrilled. I love to learn. I love to be in that environment. I'm a natural extrovert. So that's easy for me. What my I got caught up in the fact that as an acupuncturist, like I have a master's degree in Chinese medicine, and that became my identity mm-hmm. instead of my job. And so I was really caught up in this space between like, you know, I am burnout expert slash acupuncturist. So I cannot be burnt out because I know stress management. Right. So I felt like I, I couldn't burn out because I know stress management and I love what I do. And it wasn't until I wrote an article about the fact that you can still have passion, you can have passion and still burn out that people started writing to me and saying, oh my God, this is what happened to me. Oh my God, this is what happened to me. So now you're adding joy, right? You're the, the ukulele and dancing and puppies and <laughs> all sorts of different things. And so now you're doing that. Is there something that you notice in other people that's the thing that you would like really like to reach in and say, just that, just this one thing, just please stop. Yeah. Well, a big thing for me too, right. was, as I said, it's, it was my everything, um, hobby, everything, but I actually lost a little bit of passion about making money in my business. Mm. And I, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, I I feel like I really need a, a, a good reason to make money not because I have to, but just for the motivation purposes. And so now I own a rose farm and like it needs a new roof on the barn, right? And that all costs probably like a hundred grand. So now I feel excited about working in my business again. So it's given me um, something, you know, for the money to flow through me with joy and like an excited necessity, not just like, oh, well, I guess I'll just sell more boot camps, like, and it's nice to feel like, you know, I help people. That's a big driver for me. But I feel like you need both because it's not enough just to go, oh, well, I'll just do it for them. It like has to have a beautiful, um, like it has to be a circle, right, of giving yeah. and receiving. Otherwise, like it's stagnant, which I'm sure. The flow it, has to continue. Absolutely, yeah. which yeah. is so relevant to your work, right, around like it's the energy in the flow, but it can't just go one way. And I was just getting to a point where I was just, you know, giving, 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 but like it wasn't enough just to receive the money. If that makes it sounds like a real lucky bit yeah. problem to have. I totally get that, but it wasn't enough just to go. Oh, I guess I'll just mm, make more money. It's like that's not yeah. enough. And you know what's fascinating? Like my husband's going through burnout at the moment, and mm. I wasn't very compassionate for a while because I'm like, what have you got to complain about? It's like, yeah, because he works in my business, and I was like, it's right. heaps better than your old job where you were stressed about it. And then sitting down and realizing, oh, yeah, but the company is geared to my passion and my mission, not his. Because I was like looking at his workflow going, but dude, you're not working any more than me. Like, why are you burning out? So it's, it's so not about the workload, right? Like, it's no, so not about the amount of things on your, on your to-do list. It's all the meaning and significance behind it. And he likes helping people. But like helping women with their finances, it's not his like ultimate passion, you know? Well, and I would, I would even go one step further. It's not his ultimate passion and it's not the kind of business that he would design. And you wrote about this in the book too. You know, he was coming in and, and sharpening things up in the beginning and you had to tell him 
you know, this is my business. People are coming here to see me and all my imperfection. And that's the way we've been making money all these years. So you need to get on board. So he essentially needed to shift out of his natural mode of being in order to support you. Totally. And that's tricky for him, right? And I know it's it's tricky for everybody. It's not sustainable forever. Like it's a means to an end and it works great while our kids are young. But he, for him to avoid burnout in the future, he needs to do his own thing in line with his personality because it's just, yeah, it's, and you know, like he, he's really burnt out. He's on the tail end of it now, thank God. But I was shocked at my lack of compassion around it, which is horrible, right? Yeah. But the lack of compassion that you also have for yourself in that moment, right? Like I couldn't acknowledge it. I couldn't hack it. I don't take time for pleasure or restoration. This is the, you don't give other people the compassion that you don't give yourself, right? You get stuck in that sort of, you know, and I think that it is really easy to, I, I grew up in, you know, sort of similar circumstances to you financially. And So I always assumed that once the money part was taken care of, um, I would be fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's why people want to win the lottery, right? Right. And shit doesn't work. (laughs) Mm -mm. It doesn't. Money doesn't cure money blocks for sure. And I mean, I'm sure money itself doesn't cure burnout. You know, it just, it's it's not a thing. It's not going to. No. And it makes people feel guilty. It makes people feel guilty and it makes people feel like they don't have the ability to complain. Even you said, oh, this sounds like a real lucky bitch problem. Your problems in your life are just as important as somebody else's problems in their life. And we can't, when we go around judging it, I think we're doing two things that are important. One of them is we're diminishing our own experience. Mm. And the other thing is we're judging other people's experiences as being worse, Mm -hmm. Totally, which is not fair, right? Like we don't know if they feel worse than us. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're much happier than we are. Like we, we don't know that. My family was not unhappy. We were just broke. Oh, totally. No matter how we feel, we all have the responsibility and duty to try our best. But fighting back from fatigue and brain fog can have us feeling like we can't break free. You've heard me talk about it before, but feeling fried can have a profound impact on your health. Luckily, there are supplements out there that target that feeling and help revitalize your ability to focus and concentrate. I'm talking about Nadavim, a medical-grade nootropic formula that uses NAD+, to enhance your brain's mitochondrial function, giving you the brain that can unfry itself. The people at Nadavim have even extended a 20% discount code only for the fried audience, and you can grab it now at nadavim.com with the coupon code BURNOUT. That's N-A-D-O-V-I-M dot com with the coupon code BURNOUT. no like response like no major financial responsibilities so I was like really beating myself up about why I felt a bit more stressed this time and I was like yeah because I'm responsible for so many people now 
you know, yeah. like, of course I didn't care back then because I was used to living on dried pasta for weeks yeah. at a time. Like I didn't care. Um, I didn't have a car. I didn't, I didn't have car payments. I, you know, it was like, cool. I don't know what's happening in the world right now. I was just so oblivious to it. And my, my nanny is 25. And I was saying to her, like, hey, are you feeling okay? About-? And she was like, what? I, I'm fine. I'm like, Oh yeah, because she doesn't have to think about it, so it is all relative. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, it is all relative, and I think it's important to to be like to feel that and be reminded of that because I've worked with so many people over the years that are in financially very privileged situations, but they don't feel any better than the rest of us all the time, hmm. you know. And so I feel like we if if we don't I have a really strong belief that I know that you are in alignment with and it's um, I just finished writing a book and I'm crowdfunding or I should be done crowdfunding by the time this comes out, but I'm crowdfunding to get it published. And I believe I'm using the same editor, um, Chris Emery in Australia. Yay! We're just just about to work on a project together this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited. So she's about to edit my book. And one of the reasons that I'm putting this book out into the world is because I feel like I need to help people end this burnout culture so that we can put more money into female hands. Yes, absolutely. Right. And so you were speaking about this also on the solopreneur um, talk. And so when I was thinking about that, I was thinking, not only do we need to, the money mindset and the burnout pieces are so interlocked and so important when they're together, because if we can deal with the burnout piece and then we get to a certain financial status, we still need to allow people the reality of their emotional states, no matter how much money they have. And that's your part. That's the money mindset part, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, this is why I started the business because I remember as a kid, my mom having no choice but to stay in some crappy situations purely because mm. of money, like just literally just not having the resources um, or the spare resources to get out of them. And that's, that is what drives my work. But also there's so many studies about that, about how when women um, have more money that we spend it in ways that really enrich our communities and we spend it on each other we spend it in our community. We spend it on education for our children. And even more now when, you know, we are in a um, global recession, like let's face it, let's not be scared of it, um, you know, we can still spend money with each other and we can still make sure that we are circulating money and not just getting scared. And there are resources too. I mean, there, sorry, there are studies about, you know, they're super, super wealthy. They're often hoarding their money in times like this. So don't be afraid yeah. to hire people and don't be afraid to, um, you know, still spend money on on growing your business. You know, and it's funny you just said Chris because I was like, well, I'm spending money right now. Like I'm hiring Chris to do a whole bunch of new books for us and yeah. hiring people to do websites because I know that, you know, towards the later in the year when people come out of um, their kind of scarcity and events start booking again, well, great, my website, my new website will be, ready and um, yeah. all my systems will be more robust. So it's a really good time to spend money on those things. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I want to just go back to the golden goose for a second, because I know we don't have a ton of time. And I, I think that this concept of killing the golden goose is re- a really important one to impart. So can you tell people what killing the golden goose means? So the the concept of the golden goose, a lot of us know this from a fairy tale about there's this magical golden goose who lays golden eggs and a greedy, 
man or someone wanted to, to steal the goose to take the golden eggs for themselves. And so in their impatience to get all of the gold, they, they killed the goose and they cut open the goose's stomach. But there was no golden eggs in there. It was just go- goose guts. So they <laughs> killed the source of that ongoing, you know, abundance. And, of course, this is what we do with ourselves, that we are the golden goose in our businesses, Mm -hmm. of our families. Nobody can replace us. And if you think of the the years and decades ahead of creativity and um, creation that we we can do and books and all of these amazing things we can create, if we're trying to get all of those out right now, you know, and I've felt this too, I felt like, you know, why aren't I writing all of the books of my career this year? Like I want to, I want them now. I'm so impatient for them. I want them now, but they can't come now because I don't have the capacity to create them all now. This is a long, I am a long-term asset for my business yeah. and, my, and my life and my family. And um, so for me, it was when we were on tour, I was on a book tour and I actually didn't even want to do the book tour. So I was kind of resentful anyway to start with and um, we had um, one of our kids was like three and a half and we had a six-month-old and I was breastfeeding still the six-month-old and I remember thinking I've got to be on stage in eight hours you know I was breastfeeding during the night and then I put the baby down and started crying again Mark's like you're getting up with the baby and I said I am the freaking golden goose of this family (laughs) no like I've got to get up and be on stage because that's how we you know that's how we make our money is me getting up and I actually felt like I was being prostituted out and it felt like I was being like my pimp going well do more calls and do more Facebook lives and do more this and do more that and I was like that's not what works in my business my business has been really successful with me just kind of half-assing it and showing up when I felt like it and you know having this very easy business and suddenly it was like hang on if I burn out, nobody can go on stage. Nobody can go on their <laughs> Facebook lives. Nobody can go on podcast interviews. Nobody can write those books. And sorry, but I need to really take care of myself. So I literally sat up in the middle of the night and went, you're killing the golden goose. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, that needs to go in the book. <laughs> yes. And it's really, it's just such a good chapter. I could read it over and over again. Um, and the there's three ways to kill the golden goose. We will not go over, over them, all over all of them because everyone should um, be reading Chillpreneur. And if they don't have it already, they should be getting it. <laughs> I will definitely be putting links to that in the show notes. But I want to talk about the last way to kill the golden goose, which is not knowing when to quit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, I've got a friend going through this at the moment who everything is going wrong in her business. People are quitting. Her tech is breaking every time she tries to launch something. Like it's just all going. And she's she knows she doesn't want to do this business anymore. She knows. <laughs> and she's so stubbornly holding on to it because some people find it really hard to turn away from a plan because yeah. they've invested money. Oh, I've invested money in that course, so I have to do that thing. I've invested money in that website, therefore I have to launch it even if I don't want to do it anymore. I've, I've, I've got business cards, Denise. I can't quit that business. I've got 500 business cards still to hand out. <laughs> um, so that's, oh, gosh, it's so hard because it's the sunk cost fallacy, right? I have to keep on throwing energy and time and money into this thing because I've started and it's a waste otherwise. And I say to you, it's absolutely not. Like when I think of my first online business, 
It was called the Raw Brides Transformation Plan, right? <laughs> raw food for people getting married. Raw brides. doesn't roll off the tongue, I know. Um, <laughs> and I had one person on that course and she would come to the live calls but never ask a question. So I'd be like, anyone have a question? Oh, here's one that was sent in earlier from Rebecca um, because she just never asked a question, right? But, and so I shuttered that business. Did I go, oh my God, I'm such a loser. I have to keep on doing this business forever. I was like, oh my God, I've learned how to do a sales page from this. I've learned the technology to run Q&A webinars. You know, it's not so easy. It's a learning curve. If you decided to ditch this podcast, you'll be able to start your next one much quicker. Yeah. You know, there's none yes. of that is wasted, but we just think, oh, I have to continue on in this, um, in this direction, even if all evidence points to the contrary. And with my friend, literally everything is going wrong. And I just keep on saying to her, maybe it's time to start that new thing. And she's like, no, I'm going to continue. It's like, cool, <laughs> keep going. It's going to get painful <laughs> enough eventually. But um, we will watch from here. We'll watch from the bleacher seats. Yes. So whatever it is, it's okay to pivot. It's okay to change your mind. Um, it's okay to do something else. None of it's wasted. Nothing is ever wasted. Yeah, this was really hard for me when I was at the top of my burnout because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to continue with acupuncture because before I did all my research, I thought that my job was the problem. Um, mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, but I, I paid a hundred thousand US dollars for a master's degree mm -hmm. and all the time and an effort that went into getting that master's degree. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh God, it was so hard for me to think that I wouldn't use it anymore and then I stopped and I thought I use this my whole brain works in Chinese medicine speak all the time yeah it's literally the foundation of how I look at everything that was a really really hard thing for me and it took me a long time to accept the fact that even though now I'm still doing acupuncture I'm doing it in a much different capacity and I'm not doing it full-time and my life feels much better to me. So, uh, that was a, but that was a big, big part of it. So we're going to wrap up now. Cause I know I've kept you a, a few minutes over our time. So I just want to ask you one last thing, yeah. if you'd be so gracious. Um, if you had a parting tip, I know that that's so typical, but I do really do love them. If you have a parting tip for everybody listening today, what, what would it be? I do. So when you're feeling guilty that you're not doing enough, being enough, giving enough, a mantra for me that always helps is I serve, I deserve. I deserve, I deserve. And it reminds you that energy has to be a give and take, has to be giving and receiving, otherwise it's stagnant. It can't just go in one direction because you will feel the deficit of that in your body and it will come from you. Um, so I use that all the time whenever I feel that not enoughness come up and it, um, it's a great one to write on a post-it note and put it where you can see it when you're working, whether it's you're, you're tempted to overload the bonuses in your program. Um, <laughs> you know, you, uh, it gets to five minutes to the hour with your client and they say, Oh, there's five more things I want to talk about. You can say, great, we can do that in the next session because I serve, I deserve. You can just have it just where you can see it to remind yourself that you are enough and, um, and that is enough. I think that that is the perfect way to wind up. Denise, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being here today and imparting your wisdom and your experience. And most of all, and mostly in your work and in your speeches and everything that I've known about you for the past few years of following your work is 
just your realness. Thank you for just not being another Barbie. <laughs> You're welcome. And I love when people send me screenshots of parts of my book that uh, like have moved them to take action. So I'm at Denise DT if anyone wants to find me on Instagram because tell me what you're taking action from from this conversation or from a page in my book because being of service really makes me happy and I want to know that you've done something practical because that helps my Virgo feel of service too. <laughs> yeah, my, mine too. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Mine too. I think that's an amazing idea. So you guys, definitely, if you have not read Chillpreneur yet, please get on the get on board because you're late. And I don't want you to feel lacking, but you, you need this. Everybody <laughs> needs this. Um, and thank you all so much for listening. And I will speak to you next time. But wait, before I go, I think we should really take Denise up on this offer to share our insights from today's show. What action step will you be taking based on what Denise and I discussed today? You should post it to Instagram and tag both of us. Denise is at DeniseDT and I am at Kate underscore Donovan. So we will see you over on Instagram and we'll be so excited to continue this conversation with you. Ha 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 